You're listening to a podcast from Victory. As leaders, we must be mindful of the next generation. Learn more in week five of Rise and Fall. I hope that uh, you will uh, rethink all your candidates because I know that at the end of the day, this is not just about the election, but our next generation. Am I correct? And we will learn right now uh, the last installment of our leadership series. And having said that, I hope that all of you here are really blessed and are convinced that there is no other way, okay, but to uh, lead in uh, godliness more than just how we can uh, follow great leaders, that we can be leaders worth emulating. And whether you like it or not, you're a leader. Look at the person you're right. Again, tell the person you are a leader. Okay, whether you like it or not, in the area of your influence, indeed, you are a leader. And thus, roughly about five weeks ago, we did talk about King Abimelech. Okay, and today we will talk about King uh, Hezekiah. But about a week ago, uh, or two weeks ago, we did talk about King Saul, or three weeks ago. And King Saul was a man who uh, is not devoted to God, and thus it has what? It has cost him his kingdom. And about uh, two, three weeks ago, we did talk uh, about King David. How many of you are familiar with King David? If Saul is a person with no heart at all, David was a man after God's own heart. And roughly about a week ago, we did talk about Solomon. Solomon is what? Is uh, half-hearted. If Saul is uh, a person with no heart at all, and David is fully devoted to God, and who's totally a man after God's own heart, Solomon is a person who's half-hearted, thus it has uh, cost his kingdom. And we did learn from this lesson that Solomon, because of his what? of his uh, compromises that he wants to worship God, but entertain other gods through the other women that he has, okay? Because of his divided heart, it has divided his kingdom as well. And we know from uh, really history that Solomon, because of his divided heart, his kingdom was divided. And now, after his reign and rulership, there is what we call the two kingdoms. The uh, kingdom or the northern kingdom known as Israel, where the people in that what in that kingdom has been subdued and was taken uh, as captives in Assyria. And part of that division is the northern kingdom, where this is where we will use as probably a, a uh, jumping point on how uh, we will go about our message uh, tonight. This is the kingdom of Judah, where King Ahaz, who's a wicked king, an evil king, okay, um, after 13 kings, um, uh, King Ahaz okay, led the kingdom of Judah, and thus uh, his son, King Hezekiah, was born. And eventually, okay, King Hezekiah uh, handed the leadership baton to his son, who's also evil by the name of King Manasseh. But I would want to just take a closer look of who King uh, Hezekiah is, because I am so intrigued reading the whole passage from the book of Chronicles to Second Kings and the book of Isaiah, that this man, though he was, and he's surrounded by evil men and women and evil uh, kings that came before him, there was something distinct and really uh, amazing about this man. In verse 1 of chapter 18 of Second Kings, if you have your Bibles right now, in verse 1, in the third year of Hoshea, son of Ella, king of Israel from the northern kingdom. Okay, Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, from the southern kingdom. Are you with me? So you have two kingdoms, the northern and the southern kingdom, because of what uh, Solomon did. Began to reign. He was 25 years old, just like me. When he began to reign. Okay, I want to be honest, of course. Okay, that was me 13 years ago. Okay. And he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abi, the daughter of Zechariah. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, according to all that David, his father, 
Hadan, before we move to the next slide, I want you to uh, uh, really take a closer look of the mother of Hezekiah, who is Abijah, known uh, from a Hebrew word known as Abi, which is a what? A godly woman after her father, Zechariah the priest. And I just can't imagine right now uh, and even reconcile that, that King uh, Hezekiah was a righteous leader and, and knowing for a fact that his father Ahaz was not a godly leader. And I realized when I took a closer look of the mother of uh, King Hezekiah, she was a great woman of God. So women, I'm telling you right now, okay, that you have a place in your family and in the kingdom of God. And that is one of the things that we can learn from this passage, that Hezekiah's mom was a godly woman. Amen. Can we give all godly women a round of applause this evening? We are proud of you. So you're not just any other person. You are part of how God would want to unveil his purposes and plan for the next generation. In those days, Hezekiah became sick and was at the point of death. And they say the prophet, the son of Amos, came to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, set your house in order, for you shall... Man, what, what a great news, okay? I mean, this is a discouraging report. You've been doing everything to honor God and please God, and this is what you get in return. You shall not recover. It's a hopeless situation. Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord, saying, Now, O Lord, please remember how I have walked before you in faithfulness and with a whole heart and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Now, I don't know. If he was reminding God that he is entitled to recover from his sickness because of how he went about living a godly life, or this was just an expression. How many of you here can relate at times with Hezekiah? When you are a good Christian and things doesn't go your way, at times there's a tendency for you to complain to God, right? Lord, I'm attending a, 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 a victory group or a small group. I'm, I'm part of a church. I'm reading my Bible. I'm giving to the tithes and offering. I'm a good Christian. Why is this happening in my life? Why do bad things happen to good people? That's our question. But I want you to understand more than just about your expectations on how God should be good to any of us is that at the end of the day, God wants to strengthen our faith. So if you are right now in a season where you're having a hard time with your life, God is simply saying, I want to build character in your what? In your whole being. I want you to what? To be strong. And there's no other way at times to strengthen an individual but for him to go through at times certain things that he doesn't agree with. He trusted in the Lord. This is King Hezekiah, the Lord of what? Or the God of Israel. So there was none like him among all the kings of Judah after him. There was none. Nor among those who were before him. For he held fast to the Lord. He did not depart from following God. He was obedient but kept the commandments that the Lord commanded. Moses and the Lord was with him. Wherever he went out, he prospered. Amen. How many of you here, you want to prosper? That every time you touch something, it flourishes. Come on now. That you want God to bless your life. Amen? How many of you here, you want God to bless your life? Four, seven, eight, just the 12 of us. Okay? We want to be blessed by the Lord. And this is one thing that I am forever grateful that though I'm not perfect because of what Jesus did on the cross, everything that I will touch will prosper. Amen. That's the promise of God. Because God has taken you and has adopted you and has invited you to be part of His family. God wants you blessed. God wants you to prosper. God wants you to what? To be healed. And if you take a closer look at the life of King Hezekiah, he was a godly man. He was a godly king. If you take a closer look of King Hezekiah, this is just a what? 
a representation of King Hezekiah. I, I, I checked the internet and, and looked for his photo. I can find anything. I don't know for what reason. <laughs> okay? But this is, of course, Prince Caspian, and I want to have a representation. King Hezekiah from the book of Chronicles, chapter 29, 30, 31, and 32. Okay? It is written that he restored the Passover feast. He, a, he restored this feast as a celebration on how, what, the angel of death spared, what? The entire nation of Israel. Repaired the temple and temple worship. It was his father Ahaz erected everything, but he restored, repaired, and fixed it. So that it brings glory to God. Reestablish the what? The priest's service. And remove the altars, Asherah poles, and high places. His father Ahaz was not a what? A godly king. But King Manasseh corrected everything. Isn't this a great king? And this is why I'm so intrigued on how he went about living his life. In Second Chronicles chapter 31, verse 21, in everything that he undertook, in the service of God's temple, and in obedience to the law and the commands, he sought his God and worked wholeheartedly. And so he prospered. This is one of the things that really caught my attention. Because if you are a person who wants to what? To prosper, I want to remind you that at the end of the day, success comes to those people who what? Who works wholeheartedly. But if you want to work wholeheartedly, your relationship with God should be intact. First and foremost, he sought his God. It is my prayer that every single day as you wake up, we want to be good. We want to advance. We want to be promoted. We want to be blessed. But is God at the center of your solar system? Is he your first priority? Is the what? The faith book important than the Facebook? Do you understand? Because at the end of the day, our relationships are defined by the first thing that we do in the first hour of the day. So as soon as you wake up, at times, I, I can't even figure out if I'm awake or I'm, I'm asleep. As I wake up, I would, I would open my eyes and, and wipe certain things in my face. I don't know why it's happening. But, but my first reaction is to thank the Lord. Lord, thank you. I don't need a reason to thank you, but thank you for giving me another life. I hope that we are like that, that every morning as we wake up, the first hour of the day, God is your top priority. Because at the end of the day, we know that we can survive life if God is not number one, this is why it is important in the way we live our lives that we need, okay, to live according to, okay, how Hezekiah went about his decisions. It was small decisions, but it has made an impact in his destiny. Some of us here, we undermine certain things that we will only uh, obey God when we have opportunities that are big and are magnanimous so that we can obey God properly. I am telling you right now, opportunities like this, these are small opportunities, but I want you to take advantage to obey God. Because if you can be faithful with small opportunities, you will never have big opportunities. And there are times that, that I would complain to my wife, why should I spend time consistently with my son? That was about seven years ago. But I realized those small decisions, when you look back, these are great decisions and the reason why I can connect with my son, because I invested so much in that relationship. If you're here right now, and if you're single, and you plan to tie the knot, how many of you here, you feel in your heart, in your heart, okay? You will find a wife or a husband someday in your heart. I want you to raise your hand, okay? By faith in Jesus' name. Let's raise your hand. Okay? Come on. Some of you, okay? Uh, are you really sure? 
that you have to be reminded that this is not just something that you what you pursue. That when you tie the knot and you find the love of your life, I want you to work and and really nourish that relationship. Because no relationship will what will succeed without hard work. You want to have a great marriage? If you're married, raise your hand. If you're married, married. If you feel uh, yeah, depressed, you are. No, 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 no. <laughs> married, married people in the house, ra- raise your hand. If you want your, your relationship, your marriage to prosper, you have to work for it. And this is why, by the grace of God, we can, because we're not doing it according to our own strength. We have the grace of God. So when Hezekiah became sick and was at the point of death, and they say the prophet, the son of Amos, came to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, set your house in order, for you shall die, you shall not recover. This was the bad news that Isaiah delivered to King Hezekiah. But God reminded Isaiah on his way out to turn his back. Turn back and say to Hezekiah, the leader of my people, Thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Hindi ako natutulog. Bakit kaya? That's not, that's not from the Bible, okay? Hindi po natutulog ang Diyos. God is listening to our prayers. Behold, I will heal you. On the third day, you shall go up to the house of the Lord. God gave him healing. And I will add 15 years to your life. How many of you here, you want God to add 15 years to your life? You're about to die and God blesses you with another 15 years. Okay? I'm telling you right now, that's also my prayer. I want God to make me 15 years younger than my age. Everybody wants to look young. Some of you here, you're trying your best to look young. But I'm telling you right now, the Bible says that the truth will set you free, okay? Accept the fact. When somebody approached me, Pastor, am I really ugly? Well, how come I, I, I can't find a wife? Do you want me to tell you the truth, okay? That's my question. I'm not here to, I'm, what's wrong with that, okay? I'm just asking the question. And, and this is important. We need to know our present condition. And because he was sick and he is sick, the Lord bless him with 15 years. I will deliver you and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria. Because during the time, his kingdom was, th- was thre- threatened by the king of Assyria. And I will defend the city for my servant David's sake. King Hezekiah doesn't have a book. His story revolves around the book of 2 Kings and the book of 2 Chronicles and the book of Isaiah. So, medyo tatahiin po natin, okay, in order for us to really understand, okay, the whole story. In those days, in the book of Chronicles, okay, before this, it was in the book of Kings. Now, in the book of Chronicles, the same thing, but much more detailed. In those days, Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. Similar story. He prayed to the Lord who answered him and gave him miraculous signs. Amen. This is my prayer that every time we come to God, the Lord will provide and grant our requests. But Hezekiah's heart was, isn't that ridiculous? That the Lord blessed him with 15 years, but he was so proud about what he has accomplished and did not respond to the kindness shown him. Therefore, the Lord's wrath was on him and on Judah and Jerusalem. And this is what God is asking from us. Your one-time obedience, okay? should be followed up by what? Series of obedience. But a lot of us here, we are, tend to be so proud that we have accomplished a lot of things uh, for the glory of God. But in the coming weeks, months, and years, God wants us to obey Him consistently. But here you are. He was sick. The Lord blessed Him with so much. How many of you hear, okay, that if you're sick and, the, and you recovered from a, an ailment, your reaction is to what? Respond into the goodness of God. 
In fact, it was the goodness of God that brought me into repentance. The reason why I repented, not because God okay, was against me and experienced the wrath of God. It was because God has been so good to me. And because of the goodness of God, I can't sin. I can't despise or, or displease God because I know God has been so good and faithful. How many of you here for the past six months were about to okay, cross another quarter? How many of you here you can honestly say this is not a perfect life, but God has been so good. God has been so faithful. The problem with us at times is that we're so consumed with the things that we want in life than thanking God for what He has done in our lives. Remember, a lot of us here, we tend to worry. Why? Because that's a sign that you don't and you're not grateful for the life that God has blessed you with. Remember this. If you want to break free from worry, start thanking God every single day. The antidote to worry is a thankful heart. The antidote to what? To worry is a grateful heart. Because by thanking the Lord, you're magnifying who God is. And when He's magnified bigger than your problems, there is nothing to worry. Because you have a, a God who's bigger than anything. Amen. Do you believe in that? Can we give God a glory for that? <laughs> then Hezekiah repented of the pride of his heart, as did the people of Jerusalem. Therefore, the Lord's wrath did not come on them during the days of Hezekiah. He repented. But we can't nullify the fact that he what? That he was so proud about what he has accomplished. And he need to take a closer look that yes, God forgave Hezekiah. But you know what? The wrath of God was poured not on Hezekiah, but on his children's children. Because even though you have repented, there are consequences of what we did. And this is where we ask for the intervention of God and the help of God. And the problem of Hezekiah was um, that he was so consumed of what he has accomplished, consumed of who he is. This is why a lot of us are in a lot of troubles because of one thing that we have been discussing for the past five weeks. That five-letter word. Can you guess? Pride. That in all the sins that we have done, there is this... What? There is this scene beneath the sin. So if you are living a life of sin, it is always, okay, under the motivation of pride. So the question is, what's in the middle of pride? And who is in the middle of pride? It's I, okay? And a lot of us here, we think that, okay, the reason why our lives are in disarray because of what people has done to us. But at the end of the day, the reason why you have a problem, because you are full of pride. I have yet to... I'll probably see an individual that would uh, approach me and tell me, Pastor, I'm prideful because no one would admit that he's prideful. Somebody uh, uh, admitted and approached me that he is immoral. That he is a, 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 a person, okay, who doesn't go to church and doesn't read his Bible. But nobody in my 15 years of being a pastor, nobody approached me and confessed, Pastor, you know what? I'm full of pride. <laughs> nobody. In fact, somebody approached me and admitted that he is humble. Pastor, you know what? I'm humble. The mere fact that you have admitted that you're humble, okay, you are in fact the master of pride. So we need to be careful because pride is so subtle. Without you knowing it, there are times and all of us are guilty. Say the word guilty. All of us are guilty that one way or the other, we have caught ourselves bragging about ourselves. How many of you here are guilty of this? At times we, we, we would want to sugarcoat it as something, it sounds Christian. How many of you here are guilty of this? That you would honor God 
and, and thank the Lord. Thank God for He has blessed me with great talents. But you know what? I'm, I'm just gifted. <laughs> how many of you here? Not even people in this room. How many of you here you have encountered people that are like that? Every time that there is, there is a topic, they have something to say. Glory to God, brother and sister. People would at times brag about themselves without them knowing it. Because pride is so subtle. It tells you that you're better than anyone else. So we have to be careful okay, of the manifestation of pride. It is manifested in a way that is selfish. This is why Hezekiah faltered because okay, he wasn't cautious. Thus, we need to be forewarned of selfish pride. Missing the opportunity to maximize his second chance of living another 15 years. And if you're alive today, you don't have to wait that you're about to die in order for you to witness up close and personal that God is good. Every single day is a testimony that God has given you another life. And that life should be used for His glory and honor. Some of us, we would want to go after what we think is right and what we want for ourselves. I'm, I, I do understand where you're coming from, but I want you Okay, to ponder for a while that indeed at the end of the day, we want to give glory to God. If you give glory to God and honor God and everything that you do is centered on who God is, eventually you will benefit from what? From that pursuit. Isn't that great? That we want to pursue something for our own glory. But if you give God all the glory, you will benefit from it. Because the more that you glory on, on who God is, the more He gets bigger. And when God is bigger than anything, you benefit from it. Because of your relationship with God, and you just don't have any other God, you have a great God. And if you know you have a great God, you will not trust anything in this world. Because you know that all of these things are temporary. You have a what? A God that you can lean on. The Bible says, lean on me. When you're not strong, I'll be your friend. No, it's in the Bible. Some of you are nodding your head. I'll help you care. No, that's not selfish pride. We need to be forewarned of this. We have to be watchful. Every day is an opportunity to bring glory to God. Amen. Because the more that you bring glory to God, the more God is amplified and magnified. I'm telling you right now, if God is bigger than anything, you are in for a great ride of your life. Do you want to live a life we're in? You go to church, you open your Bible, but your perspective of who God is is a God who is a baby. In the manger? Lord, I have, I have this kind of ailment. I'm about to die. I'm running out of, of, of money. You can't, you can't depend on a baby. But I'm glad that he used to be a baby. But Christ was a grown-up, a real man, went to the cross, challenged death for you and me. Isn't it a picture of a great man who will never back down and will die for what he believes to be true. That's a real man. That's the God that I have. That's the God that will not leave me nor forsake me. That's the God that I will worship. And this is why something happened. That after Hezekiah's okay, recovery, that he did not really use that opportunity to honor God, that he became proud. He developed that kind of pride, selfish pride. There was also an opportunity that he was tested. In 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 12, 
at the time, another testing, Miradak Baladan. How many of you here, you want to name your son Baladan? Okay. The son of Baladan. Why do you have to repeat that? Okay. Miradak Baladan, the son of Baladan. The brother of Balang. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Some of you are familiar with that, okay? <laughs> King of Babylon sent envoys with letters and a present to Hezekiah, for he heard that Hezekiah had been sick. And I want you right now to take a closer look because okay, the king of Babylon wants to ally with Judah because of what? The superpower Assyria. They would subdue and, and conquer nations. So here you are, you have a king from Babylon trying to win the attention of Hezekiah in order that they can join forces to defeat Babylon. This is in fact the real score here. This is really... The story behind the story in verse 13, and Hezekiah welcomed them. Wow, what a guy. Remember the word Baladan is a person who is a Baal worshiper, who doesn't love the God of Israel. So if somebody would want to meet with you and you know he has an agenda, why would you affiliate with a person? Your beliefs are, are not in sync. And here, Hezekiah welcomed them. And he showed them all his treasure house, the silver the gold, the spices, the precious oil, his armory, all that was found in his storehouses. There was nothing in his house or in all his realm that Hezekiah did not show them. And, and I find this ridiculous because you don't do this to a person, okay? That you, you, you can't be with because God has advised them to never affiliate themselves, okay? To people from Babylon, but because of his pride, Okay? That it was so subtle that he overlooked that this can get him into a lot of troubles. I don't know if we, with, with most of you here, though at times our intentions are good, there is a possibility that we tend to brag with the things that we have. How many of you here, if, if, if you have new braces, when you smile, it's, it's, it's 101%. Do, do, you, do you see the, something different today? You, 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 you show forth all that you have. When you have new rubber shoes, you don't walk, you walk, you, you glide. Because you want to tell people that there's something new about you. There is a tendency for us, a propensity to brag about what we have. And the reason why you have what you have and you're prospered by the Lord, not to brag about it, but to bring glory to God and to use this as an opportunity to tell people about God. Do you understand the reason why, as a pastor, I want you blessed? Because if you're blessed, you can have more opportunities to share the gospel. I'm not saying that if you're poor, you, you can't share the gospel. But, but it's hard to share the gospel. Okay, can you buy me a chicken joy? Because I'll share the gospel. You, you cannot. You can't beg people for, for what you need and what you want. You have to be blessing people. And I'm telling you, when you bless people, they will be open to the gospel. Yeah, I have seen religious people. After giving them 100 pesos, they're nice to me. I don't know for what reason. 100 pesos. And I would tell them the gospel and they would nod their heads. Amen? And this is what I'm trying to say. That Hezekiah missed the point. And so in the matter of the envoys of the princes of Babylon who had been sent to him to inquire about that the sign that had been done in the land, God left him to himself. It was God who, who, who orchestrated all of this. In order to test, <laughs> okay, nasa harap, okay? to test him, the goal is to test him. 
And I'm telling you right now, this is I believe what God is doing. In each and every one of us, He would put us in a situation to test the condition of our hearts. Because when you're blessed and promoted, that is where your real you comes out. Nung mahirap ka, nung dukha ka, napakabait no? Ngayon, nagkapera, umiba ang ugali. Dahil dati ka ng masama, pinalabas na ng pera. Remember what I told you roughly about a month ago? When you were still poor, there's nothing to brag about. Mahirap ako, ano ngayon? Yung ganun, nobody! There's nothing to brag about. <laughs> in order to test him and to know all that was in his heart. And at the end of the day, more than just your willingness to obey God, and indeed you have been obeying the Lord, but God wants to reveal the condition of your heart every now and so often. So if you are obeying the Lord, and if you're, if you're following the, the commandments of God, it doesn't happen okay, once a week. It should happen every single day of your life. And here you are, you have okay, somebody by the name of Isaiah who reminded once again King Hezekiah okay, about who he really is and what the Lord has called him to do. Then Isaiah the prophet came to King Hezekiah and said to him, what did this man say? And from where did they come to you? And Hezekiah said, they have come from a far country from Babylon. And this is one of the things... I realize that when you're confronted by people, you would never tell them the real score and the real condition of your heart. But I'm glad that a friend is around. I'm glad Isaiah is around to constantly remind and ask Hezekiah of his motives. How many of you here, you want to succeed in life? Amen, all of us. If you want to succeed, you need people like Isaiah. This is why we're endorsing small groups because we want you to be exposed to people that can be accountable to you. This is why God, I believe, okay, put Hezekiah in a situation where his heart will be challenged so that he will, okay, he will be introduced to who he really is. So we did talk about selfish pride today. Part of that was that indeed more than just the pride and the selfish pride of Hezekiah, that he had self-centered pride. What is the difference of self-centered pride and selfish pride? Because selfish pride, okay, is concerned about myself and others. There's, there's a little bit of a difference, but selfish pride is concerned about myself over others. If you're forming a line, you want to be in front because you're more concerned of what you want more than others. You're not willing to accommodate other people. That is somebody who is selfish. That you prioritize yourself and what you think is and what you want more than others. You know what self-centered pride does? Okay? It prioritizes you and you over you. Yeah. There is no one to compare to. A person who's selfish is somebody who would want to prioritize himself at the expense of other people. But for people that are self-centered, nothing but you. And we have encountered people that are always concerned about themselves. Do I look good? Am I cute? Do I have hair? People are like that. They're so consumed about their, their image. And when you're consumed with these things, I'm telling right now, this is what really happened to King Hezekiah. That, that he went around and bragged about what he has. But it was an opportunity to tell the, the, what, the Babylonians about who God is. He missed an opportunity to make God famous. 
It was not just an opportunity to give God the glory, but an opportunity to make God famous. It was a perfect opportunity to glorify the Lord and to tell of His greatness and of His grace. Did you know that if you take a closer look once again of Second Kings, then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord. It was once again Isaiah who reminded him, Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house and that which your fathers have stored up till this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord. It was a prophecy that you're bragging about what you have to the Babylonians. Okay? Someday the Babylonians will take everything that you have. It was a prophecy. Isn't that ironic? That the Babylonians will conquer Judah and will take them. The Babylonians, they're ruthless. And here you are, somebody who's so consumed about winning uh, the the alliance of of the Babylonians that little did Hezekiah uh, know that it will be the Babylonians who will conquer the land and will use them as slaves. And some of your own sons who shall be born to you shall be taken away. He was trying to ally with somebody, invite someone to be his friend and his comrade as they defeat the Assyrian king, was also the one who will become the superpower and will subdue and conquer the whole of Judah. You shall be taken away. They shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Then Hezekiah said to Isaiah, the word of the Lord that you have spoken is good. For he thought it was good. I can, I can imagine. Why would he say it was good? For the word of the Lord that you have spoken is good. Isaiah said, all of this will be taken from you. Good. Your children's children will be used by the Babylonians. They will be enslaved. Good. No father or mother or, or, or parent in his right mind would want to endorse that. You would rather suffer the consequences of your wrongdoing than your children. Am I correct? You would rather suffer than your own children. For he thought, okay, read this. For he thought, why not if there will be peace and security in my days? He was simply saying in another translation that why not? It's okay that they suffer as long as I'm okay. This is madness, okay? That he was not just selfish. He was not just self-centered. He is short-sighted. That he missed the opportunity to prepare the next generation. And remember this, in your lifetime, okay? Your job is not just to enjoy the pleasures of life, but to prepare the next generation. The reason why you're voting, not because you are loyal to a certain candidate, but you love the next generation. This election is not just about the presidentials. This is about the next generation. Yes. Am I correct? Yes. This is why. If in the past people could have adhered to their convictions and they choose to do what is right for a better Philippines, I'm telling you right now, we will have a better Philippines. But our leaders in the past, and I'm not against them, made a mistake. And we used to be the tiger of Asia. The Koreans, the Vietnamese, people all over uh, Southeast Asia would go to the Philippines, wanting to go to the Philippines to work. It's their dream to go to the Philippines to work so that I can bless my country. Where are we right now? And I'm telling you that more than just, okay, the May 9 tomorrow, okay, as we cast our, our votes, that we're not just casting our votes, we're saying, God, I don't know what will happen. After May 9, but whoever sits in Malacanang will be the president of this nation. I will pray for that person. So if you're here right now, you're so loyal with your candidate, the next two days will be crucial. That you have to draw the line and make a, a decision and tell the Lord, Lord, whoever will sit in that okay, seat of power will be my president. And I know that you can disagree with a person or, or you, you, might not, you might not adhere to what okay, this president will, will do. 
I'm not saying that you have to agree. But the Bible says that whoever God will place in the seat of power is your president. Your job is to pray. It will bring you closer to God. Because they don't agree with what's happening in their country. It brought them to their knees. This is a great picture that we can have as a country. And the reason why we will pray, because we know that in the coming years, if we don't shape up, we will have the worst economic conditions of all. This is why this coming election is the start at the end of the day if you do your part and cooperate, we will have a better Philippines. Amen. 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 And we will have a better Philippines, of course. So more than just our presidentials, that person beside you is crucial. Because that person is also a leader. And as we do our part, everything will fall in the right places. This is why I believe that as we fight for the next generation, and the next generation is worth fighting for, because Jesus fought for us, and we will fight for anything that brings glory to God. It is my prayer that just like the people that came after us, and I know that not a lot of us, but we have parents and great-grandparents who went out of their way, Save so much money. Send you to a nice school just to prepare you for life. I do pray that as we lock our arms, that we will not just consume okay, the life that God has blessed us with, but we will always think of the next generation. This is why Hezekiah was not willing to labor for the next generation because he was and he is short-sighted. If you take a closer look in 2 Kings twenty twenty one, and Hezekiah slept with his father's. And Manasseh, his son, reigned in his place. Hezekiah died, and he was replaced by his son Manasseh. If you check First Chronicles chapter 20 to verse 5, 4, this is a great picture of what Hezekiah should have done. And if you read with me, for David said, Solomon, my son, is young and inexperienced. Solomon was young, and David was not just re ready to retire without preparing his son. Isn't this a great picture of what parents should be? And the house that is to be built for the Lord must be exceedingly magnificent of fame and glory throughout all the lands. You know what David did? I will therefore make preparation for it. Isn't this a great father? If you're a parent, if you are a mom or a dad, nanay po or tatay, your job is not just to what? To just send money and, 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 and finance whatever your kids uh, wants and, and needs. But your, your job is to prepare them more than just what they need and what they want. So David provided materials in great quantity before his death. He prepared everything because he wants his son Solomon to succeed. Yes, we know what happened to Solomon. But you cannot negate the fact that David did his part. This is what Hezekiah missed. He served God, but he missed preparing the next generation. It is my prayer that all of us will come to our senses that more than just us enjoying the life that God has blessed us with, as a man of God, spend time with your children. Talk to your kids. Love is spelled as T-I-M-E. If you love somebody, you spend time. If you love someone, invest time. If you love someone, okay, whatever you have, you invest and give it to that person. The reason why 
I'm investing in my marriage because I want to have a great marriage. You can't wake up one morning that you're so in love with one another that you don't talk for about one week and you don't, you don't talk and you don't engage one another. And, and, and you're expecting that suddenly you'll fall in love and you'll, you'll have a rekindled relationship. That will not happen. You have to sit down, talk, and make a decision. Every single week we'll spend time. We will invest in this relationship. Talk to your son. Talk to your daughter. Because this is not just about what God is asking you to do in your lifetime. But God is simply reminding us that yes, I have something that I want you to do in your lifetime, but part of it is that you prepare the next generation. This is not just something that we would want to advise all of you. This is part of your call as an individual. And this is my prayer as well. This is why the essence of humility, and we know that Hezekiah faltered, but I want to remind you that the essence of humility is not thinking more of myself, always me, myself, and I, or thinking less of myself. I'm not approved, I'm not loved. It is thinking myself less. You want to develop humility? Don't be consumed with what you need and what you have. Don't be entitled that you came to church, you deserve a boyfriend. That's not what we're here for. The reason why you're going to church is because you have a relationship with God. If God doesn't bless you, you're so blessed, my friend. You're still blessed. So I want you, more than anything else, to not be consumed with what you can get of having God in your life. Having God in your life is the best thing. This is why it is important that we recalibrate our hearts. That we always look after for opportunities to arrest thinking more of yourself. And I'm telling you right now, a lot of people would commend me, Pastor. You are a servant. You're serving us. And even our fellow pastors would commend me. But the back of my mind, I would always remind myself the reason why I'm serving people. Because if I don't serve people, I'll be arrogant. One of the best ways to what? To arrest your pride and your arrogance is to go out of your way and do something about it. You will not wake up one morning and be surprised that you feel humble, you smile humble, you talk humble. You're a man of humility. You will not be transformed if you don't go out of your way and walk in humility. And the reason why you can walk in humility, because Christ walked in humility. He went to the cross, showed us what humility is, and gives us the power to walk in humility. Amen. Amen. Can we give it the glory for that? So King Hezekiah faltered. Manasseh was 12 years old when he began to reign. His son. And he reigned 55 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Hepzibah. Again, another name. Okay. In verse 2, and he did what was evil. Think about this. Your dad remove all the, the Asherah uh, poles and, and the altars that worship uh, other gods. But here you are, you have a son. Okay? According to this, uh, and he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. He did everything evil. According to the what? This guy is a minion, okay? And <laughs> according to the despicable practices of the nations whom the Lord drove out before the people of Israel. For he rebuilt the high places that Hezekiah's father had destroyed. He rebuilt it. His father destroyed everything. What an insult to God. And he erected altars for Baal, made an Asherah, as Ahab king of Israel had done, and worshipped all the hosts of heaven and served them. His father did what was right before God, and he did it, and he erased everything, and erected okay, a practice that worshipped other gods. This is not the kind okay, of men and women that we want to raise. If you are a believer... And you're still telling me that you're not a mom, you're not a parent, but you have a, a younger person at home. You can do your part. You have a niece, you have a nephew, pray for that person. 
at the end of the day, if you're telling me and are asking a pastor, where should I start after May 9? Start with the younger ones. Start where you are. Okay? Start with where God has placed you. Because at the end of the day, if we walk in pride, this nation will fall apart. And I want you right now to look at the person in your life. Tell the person, it will start with you. Wherever you are, if we want to have a better Philippines, we have to start with you. And we have to start with the younger ones. Leadership succession is not a success without a successor. But let me bring it to you further. It is not just about looking for a successor. But real success is that leadership success is measured by the success of your successor. We're not just looking for successors. We want to do things that will guarantee the success of these people. Now, the reason why I want my kids to study, I want them to be successful. The reason why I want them to be godly, I want them to be successful. If you're here right now, yes, it's good that they go to a nice school, but you have to teach them character, the ways of God. If you're telling me right now that coming out of a great school will, will give them the guarantee that we will have a great country, look at our politicians. I love them, I pray for them. But they came from great schools, but they lack character. This is why we were frustrated. But I'm telling you right now, there is still hope. Amen. As long as God is a God of the Republic of the Philippines, there is hope. Amen. That before we die, we will have and we will see a great Philippines. Amen. So my wife and I, we have decided after May 9, we will not just go through the next six years. We will be involved. And we want to build this nation. We will start with our children and we will start with this church. Leadership success is measured by the success of your successor. This is why I am full of hope and aspiration because Christ did the same thing. That He went to the cross for your success. Because we are no longer slaves to what? To unrighteousness. That we have hope in Christ. That whatever limits us, it is possible, made possible in Christ. Amen. And in Philippians chapter 2, it's written right here, in your relationships with one another. In the way we interact with people. Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Do you have this mindset? When a friend in Facebook attacks your candidate, siguro yung mga boboto hindi Christian. And you feel bad? Do you react like Christ? Who being in a very nature or in very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. He has the power. But to suppress that power, it takes a whole lot of effort. Let me bring it to you closer. If you're powerful, okay, you can erase anyone. And when you're bitter and angry, if you can control that power, you are powerful. You know how to, how to really know a person if he is a man of control is that you give him power. If he can control that power, he is indeed powerful. This is what God did. He controlled his power. That instead of unleashing his anger, he opted to limit himself because of his what? Mindset and his thinking. That as I go to the cross, I am giving all of these people the reason that you can overcome the limitations of life. 
who being in the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. I want you right now to take a closer look. God doesn't have any idea how to be a servant. He has never been a servant. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. But he took the, what, the nature of a servant. I don't know with you if, you, can, if you, if you do understand this, if you're size 30, 34 like me, okay, 36. If you're, if you're size 36 like me, I, I tried using 32, okay, to look slim, but, but it, I'm telling you right now, I can't breathe for about five minutes because it's hard. It's not my size. Being a servant is not who he is, but you know why he did it? Because he was thinking of you and me. I will be a servant. Being made in the human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. And what caused him to go to the cross, just like what I mentioned, it is because he is simply saying that my death is an investment to the people that I will die for. My question with you right now did Christ make the right decision? And if you're living the life that God has blessed you with, I can say He has made the right decision. Ladies and gentlemen, today we can walk in humility because Christ walked in humility. Today we can walk in humility because Christ has given us the power to walk in humility. We can walk in humility because we know this is the only thing that will guarantee this nation that indeed we have what it takes to recover. And I'm telling you right now, just like what I mentioned before you die, Philippines will once again be the tiger of Asia. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to one of our podcasts. We hope it blesses and inspires you to honor God and make disciples. For more messages like these, or to access other resources, please visit victory.org.ph or download the Victory app for free on the iTunes Store or Google Play. If you would like to share a story of God's faithfulness in your life, please visit victory.org.ph slash mystory.